Welcome to the second episode in Scarpods, the first podcast that is talking about the history of Morocco. Today, I have another book. It is Revisiting the Colonial Past in Morocco, edited by Dries Magrawi. And the part that I am going to discuss with you is called Demela Without Walls, Jewish Space in a Moroccan City, Tangier, 1860-1912, by Susan Miller. So let's get started by reading you this part. She said, Demela, in the lexicon of Muslim-Jewish relations in Morocco, no single word is more redolent with meaning than the word Mela, the Jewish quota of the Moroccan town. In the popular mind, the Mela was synonymous with Jewish society, representing the subordinate and separate status of Morocco's single largest religious minority. To many European visitors, the Mela evoked an image of the forlorn ghettos of the Middle Ages. Eugène Aubin, writing at the turn of the century, recognized the distinctions to be made between melas of the coast and those of the interior, but he noted that all were similar in one respect. Within their walls, the great mass of the Jewish population continues to live in poverty and squalor. The melas are overpopulated. Their filth and stench make them hotbeds of frequent epidemics. The Jewish quarter of Mogador, present day Sawira, was especially shocking, giving the impression of a human entail. It is squalid, wretched place where one does not breathe freely accepted on the terraces, where a whole regiment of women and children take the air. Architecturally, the Malay was a unit distinct from the rest of the town, surrounded by high walls and heavy gates. In a city made of enclosures, it was a small enclosure within the greater enclosure of the outer walls. Administratively, it had its own governing hierarchy responsible for taxes, decorum, and public safety, its own shops and markets, its own temple of social and religious life. The first Jewish quarter was created in Fez in the 15th century, but most Moroccan melas were constructed during the 19th century in the varying historical circumstances. What was distinctive about the Jewish quarter? How it fitted into the urban landscape? And what kind of segregation it implied are important questions not yet fully answered. Some historians argue that Jews welcomed the security of a closed quarter, while others cite texts that speak of their forced removal from the Muslim town as a calamity, whether construed as a prison or a safe haven, or some combination of both. The Mela felt like alternative space, subject to its own rhythms, rules, and practices. She said in the last part, The idea of Tangier the prophet clouded in the minds of many the evidence of another Tangier, a city of pronounced religious feeling and spiritual passion, a city of public ritual and private devotion that announced an ardent attachment to matters of faith. 
This was a tangier hidden from the gaze of the curious outsider. Access to it came in different ways, by observing changes in its sacred geography, by attending to the symbolic and spatial discourses embedded in the historical code, by listening to meta-dialogue taking place among its various parts. Discovering sacred tangier means uncovering deeper levels of complexity within the Jewish sphere, as well as more intricate ties between Jews and others. Subtle disharmonies suddenly appear between rich and poor, between native and foreigner, between newcomer and veteran, as well as strange alliances across confessional lines. The contours of the religious landscape, as we shall see, were intentional and planned, and a careful reading of them increases our understanding of the Muslim-Jewish encounter. I hope that you learned something new about this part, for reminding the Malay is a quarter of Jews and it's very famous in all Moraga's Medinas. I would like to thank Encore for helping me to record this podcast. And for you guys, I wish you a good day and see you next week with another history.